Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get into here on a Friday. Uh, Grant, let's first welcome in. Uh, Grant Mona, the legend from the Sporting Tribune. Listen, so listen, I, I, I don't want to take away from the Clippers going into Boston and blowing out the Celtics because they had only lost one game prior to that against the Denver Nuggets. But what we saw last night from the Los Angeles Lakers going into Boston uh, without LeBron James, without Anthony Davis, 15-point dogs, uh, again, point spreads of that size in the NBA are crazy, but it makes sense. Yeah. Listen, you got the Lakers without LeBron, without AD, going to play the Celtics. So again, like even though the Lakers don't have their uh, top two guys, uh, you you would not normally think the Lakers would take. Sorry, the Celtics would take the Lakers lightly. However, mm-hmm. the Lakers went in there and were really blowing them out. Again, I mean, it wasn't kind of close at the end. One fourteen, one oh five. Um, Austin Reeves, 32 points, 7 to 10 from three point range. Jackson Hayes, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Post game grant, both of those guys like up on the podium as if it's LeBron and AD in the postseason. <laughs> Hashtag podium game, as my former colleague Jay Adande would say. Uh, so let's not talk about the Clippers, uh, in, in this respect. Cause I was just yeah. joking in terms of, uh, listen. Kudos to the Lakers. Again, only two teams, only two teams all season long up until this point have gone into Boston and beaten them. And I, you could like clearly say those are the top two teams in my view. Um, in the Western Conference are the defending champions yeah. in the Nuggets and perhaps the most talented team in the league with the Clippers. And the Lakers went in there. Uh, Grant, your thoughts on that game? What a game. Uh, first of all, there's two legends here, not just players. Uh, so, uh, I appreciate the kind words though. Um, yeah, listen, I, I think last night's show, me and Jihei, uh, we both talked about the lines and we were like, why is this 10 and a half? Like, I know that the Lakers are going to, like, we didn't know that they're going to be without LeBron and AD. That was 10 and a half was the line with LeBron and AD announced as playing. And wow. Jihei and I were like, what is going on? I mean, I, I expect the Lakers to keep this close. Every rivalry game that these two play is pretty competitive. Yeah. The Lakers came out with fire with energy arash they came out with things that we have been asking them to do all year and it's something that i haven't seen from the lakers probably since the in-season tournament right um that's what we kind of saw from them we saw great three-point shooting we saw great defense energy every night 
And against the Celtics, look, I know it's an event. I know guys get up for this type of thing, and the Celtics did not. And I think the more concerning thing, yes, the Lakers, I mean, that's a pretty big surprise that they went into Boston for only the third time and beat a Celtics team. Uh, That is probably the best in the league. It's still, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, But the Celtics just did not fight back at all, and they did not look like a team that wanted to win last night. And for the Lakers... Look, this is one of those games where I, I, I've seen a lot of former players talk about this. Now that we have a lot of former players doing podcasts, is that when your two stars are out, or when your main guy is out, and you know that going into the game, it kind of gives the players that play around those stars more of a jolt, more yeah. energy. Because like, hey, I'm going to get to touch the ball more. I'm going to get to put up more shots. We're going to get to play together a little bit more. And you know, Reggie Miller mentioned this on the broadcast last night as well is that when you have your two main guys out, and this is no dig on those two guys, obviously you'd want to have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, two all-stars, by the way, that were named last night. Um, you'd want to have them on the court. But when you don't, and it's these guys that don't really get that much run, and you know Jackson Hayes has been in and out of the lineup, and D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves have kind of had to play off the ball of LeBron, when they get the opportunity, they can do damage, and they are offensive players. Austin Reeves at 32, like you said, he was launching threes from almost the logo around, which is crazy. D'Angelo Russell had 16 and 14, 14 assists. Um, Jackson Hayes had a great spark uh, in that starting lineup, and it's unfortunate that Jared Vanderbilt got hurt, but this is what we've been waiting for, and it's just crazy that it took, obviously it's going to take the Celtics, but it took the two stars to be out to kind of play this way. I wish yeah. and I hope that, you know, we keep saying this game after game, is that, oh, maybe this is start something. I hope this starts something to where they can say, look, if we play like this, if we take every game seriously like we did tonight, obviously last night, we can beat anybody, and Reeves said that after the game in his post-game presser, or after the game when he was being interviewed, he said, we know we can beat anybody, we've proven it, we can beat some good teams. It's just a matter of fact that we can't t- go into each game and, okay, we're going to turn it on now, or we're going to turn it off now. So, what a win by the Lakers, obviously it's the win of the year. I mean, oh, yeah. now they're back at 500, and you know they're going to play some good teams here coming up, but what a win for them on the road. Maybe it gives them a jolt. I don't know, Arash. I hope it does. Grant, what what do you think they can take from this game and take it to future games? Because, again, to your point, when your top two guys are not there, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, uh, clearly that that's going to be more touches for a Reeves. Again, just to repeat his incredible stat line. And by the way, 32 points, Brad, 28 in the previous game against the Hawks over yeah. the last two games. He's averaging 30 points, uh, to, you know, to, uh, give some more guys some shine. Again, Jackson Hayes, uh, 16 points, 10 rebounds. You'll look at D'Angelo Russell, 16 points, 14 to six, six boards. Rui Hachimura coming off the bench, 15 points. Uh, again, six guys in the double figures in terms of scoring Grant. Uh, that really does show you the depth that this team has. Right. Clearly, those guys are not going to be putting up those numbers when the top two guys are there. However, if they can play like this, if they can play together, if they can get six guys around the top two guys playing well and playing together, I, we've seeing this team go to the Western Conference Finals, the way that these guys play is why so many people were so excited about this team coming into this season. What did you see 
last night in that big win against the Celtics that they can carry over, like, even when, and this sounds crazy to say, but, like, even when their top two guys come back. Yeah, look, I think they can just play a better brand of basketball. Like we, you know, I mentioned this plenty of times is that sometimes it just gets stagnant. Like it just, they just walk around, they're stationary, you know, it's just LeBron and AD and then nobody else. Everyone's just standing there waiting for the ball from the three point line. Yeah. In this last game against the Celtics, I saw a lot of ball movement. I saw pick and rolls. I saw guys cutting, slashing, active with their hands on defense. It just seemed like they were playing more of a stylistic type of basketball to where it was smooth. It was flowing every time down the court. It looked like they were getting something good, even when they didn't hit their shots. So I think going forward, if you're playing with LeBron and AD now, I've always said this, and me and Brandon have said this plenty of times, is that I love when Austin Reeves has the ball in his hands more than anybody else because he can create, he can distribute, and he can score. And I think the main thing coming into the season, which was was why I was so excited, was I wanted to see LeBron off the ball. And maybe LeBron, and maybe Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell handling the ball a little bit more, taking the load off of LeBron, having LeBron more as not a spot up shooter, but a guy that plays off of those two, you know, shortening his load and having AD run the pick and roll a lot. I wanted to see that. That's what I saw against the Celtics. A lot of ball handling from D'Lo and Austin Reeves and then everyone else playing off of that. Rui Hachimura looked like a spot-up three-point shooter. A Torian Prince was putting the ball on the deck and getting to the rim, which is something that you don't really see from him with LeBron running at the helm. And this is no dig at those two, but there's just a different type of basketball that they played that I think they can sustain if they do go back to LeBron and AD here soon. I'm not sure when they do. I'm not sure if they're going to come back next game. But they do have an easier game coming up. And if you're going to play again like this... You can play like this against the Detroit... I believe they play the Detroit Pistons. Um, you can play this type of basketball even if... You know, even if shots aren't falling, even if threes yeah. aren't... If, even if it doesn't go the way it did tonight, last night against the Celtics, you can play that brand of basketball against any team and have pretty decent success, right? So, I think they found something out there. It's like... I And, and here's the other thing, Arash. I saw so many... Uh, and ones, I saw so much ferocity, so much intensity from Jackson Hayes, from D'Angelo Russell. They were, you know, getting on each other, grilling them when they weren't defending right, grilling each other when they were turning the ball over, making sure they were in the right spots. That's something, like I said, I haven't seen since the beginning of December when they played in the in-season tournament. They're holding, they held each other accountable. It seems like they were the most intense I've ever seen them this year. So, I hope they take it into into the next game and into another stretch before the trade deadline because you and I both know that this team was made to compete as is. It wasn't made to compete at, after the deadline. It wasn't meant to be broken up. I always thought that this team had what it takes, and we're going to wait to see what happens with Jared Vanderbilt because he got hurt, and it looked like he hurt his foot. Um, and he's been a very great piece. So if they lose him, that might be a pretty big piece that they lose. But... The brand of basketball, the style yeah. of basketball. I think they can carry that into. Look, we know that they have the talent. It's just the way they played, which now gives me a little bit more optimism going forward. 
Yeah, it, it it just was. It came out of nowhere, Grant. You know, yeah. you know I think uh, this might have been a game that a lot of fans did not tune into, and then they may have had a friend who was like a hardcore Laker fan who said, "Bro, like you may want to tune in," uh, yeah. just because again, it's been frustrating to watch them this season. And when you hear before the game, LeBron's out and Dad is out, and they're fifteen point dogs. Uh, Grant, let me now read you the uh, their um, upcoming schedule. So they got two more games on the Grammy road trip. Um, and, you know, again, I, th- I think to your point, it was really big that they're back to 500, 25 and 25. Mm-hmm. Let me now maybe just read the next few games here and see what you think. Uh, Saturday at New York, uh, a big uh, a game, primetime game there. At Charlotte on Monday the 5th. They come back. It's a significant game, Grant, as you know. February 8th, they're going to unveil the Kobe statue. They're playing the Denver Nuggets. I mean, it's kind of interesting that that was the, uh, you know, game again, the uh, team, the defending champions and the team that they lost to in the Western Conference Finals. And then two more games at home, New Orleans and then Detroit. So that's one, two, three, four, five. Uh, big five-game stretch there, Grant. Uh, what do you think they should be what would you like to see the lakers do um over these next f- f- uh, five games yeah listen i mean the two games that stood out to me is detroit and charlotte those are two games that you could probably say that they should win yeah, right i yeah, mean yeah. those are and you gotta win those right you, yeah. you're right about that you have to um the other two look against the knicks the knicks have been playing great basketball but They've also had a little bit of trouble with the Wizards. They had a little bit of trouble with the Pacers. I know the Pacers are pretty good, but they haven't been blowing out teams. So you can go into New York if you get LeBron and AD back. It's a primetime game. Like I said, these guys get up for these types of events, these types of primetime games. So you could steal one there. I've seen them do it against the Knicks before, even in that 21-22 year when they were pretty bad. They stole one against the Knicks. Um, and then the, the one against Denver, look, Another event. It's a Kobe night. It's a, a commemorative night, right? You That's play right. the Denver Nuggets, a team that eliminated you last year. There's always going to be more emotion for that one. There's always going to be another jolt of energy for that one. So, yes, they do play some pretty darn good teams, but if they play like this, Arash, I mean, I think they can compete with anybody. I, yeah. I don't even think it's just the bad teams. They can compete with some of the best. And the thing is, it's so crazy because I've seen them play well against the Thunder and the Mavericks and even the Clippers they beat twice this year. So I know they have it in them. It's just that if they play this way, like they did in the tournament and like they did last night against the Celtics, a 4-1 and one stretch in these next five is not out of the question, but yeah. also at the same time, a 2-3 and three stretch is not out of the question. So yeah. uh, it, it's just such a t- tipsy... I, I, think, uh, I think I need to see more of a sample size, right? We kind of get carried away with, oh, it was a great win, and maybe you know this can lead it... But again, we've said that before, and you know they've gone out and played against Houston and Brooklyn and and Atlanta and kind of given us duds. So I, I would like to see their game against the Knicks before I make any other uh, remarks about it, because if they play well against the Knicks and if they compete with the Knicks, I don't even even if they don't win, if they compete with them, then I can kind of say, okay, maybe they found something here. Maybe they can go on a run if they play that way. It's a great point, you know, because there's been a few times this season where we've said, is this the turning point? Again, the Warriors are not that great, but, you know, having a double overtime game on prime time where LeBron has a historic night against Steph, you're like, okay, is that the turning around? It wasn't. And then you, you have, we've had these moments, but, you know, I mean, going into Boston again and being just the third team 
uh, to go in there and win and, and win in the fashion that they did. You, you got to believe that that hopefully let's see how it plays out oh, yeah. and let's see how they close out the road trip. Uh, if that could be a turning point for them. The big thing with the Lakers is now, you know, you, and they've been doing this for a while, but you look at the standings. I think that the thing that they look for, Grant, perhaps, um, and I'm not going out on a limb here, is you, know, you want to be that six seed. Why? You, you right. don't want to be in that play-in tournament. And uh, right now they are four games uh, back of the Suns and the Kings who are uh, tied there basically for the fifth and sixth spot. So, I mean, they, you're – and again, it, it's not out of the uh, question. I mean, they can certainly catch – those two teams. I, I think there's very clearly, Grant, uh, uh, the top four teams in the West, and they're all sort of, um, there's a log jam there where you got the yeah. Timberwolves, the Thunder, the Clippers, and the Nuggets, and they're all separated by a game or two. Um, for the Clippers, any significant, again, it, this has not been significant to them in the past. However, uh, and we've touched on this before, they have the ability for the first time in franchise history Going back to the San Diego Clippers, the Buffalo Braves, they've never been the one seed. They've only been the, the two seed twice. That was in the pandemic year where they really should have at least gone to the conference finals. They have the ability now for the first time uh, to be the one seed. They're two games back now. Uh, what's the significance when you look at that to go for that one seed? Uh, it's just home court throughout, and the home court has been excellent this year, right? Yeah. They've played very well at home, which is something that they haven't done in years past. Um, and it, I think it's just the excitement, and it's just the the talent on the team, right? So if you get that one seed, that does not just, I mean, if they get it before the all-star break, great. That means Ty lose the head coach of the Western right. Conference team, which is pretty cool. Um, but what it also tells the team is like, hey, we have a legit squad, and I think I think they know that already. But it also gives them the fact that any matchup we go against in the West, we're going to be at home for the first two games. And in years past, it hasn't been that way. Even in their Western Conference run, Western Conference Finals run, I should say, in 2021, when they played the Jazz, they went down 0-2, right? Because they played both games in Utah, which was a tough environment to play, and they went down 0-2. Now they have the opportunity, if they do get a one seed, to any team they play throughout the first couple rounds, if they do advance that far, you're at home court, and you know that you play well at home. So they have that in the back of their heads, and I think it just proves to them. It doesn't just prove to them, but it proves to everybody, like, hey, we're serious this year about it, and they can really go for it. So I think that one seed... Obviously, it's not the main concern for them. Obviously, the main concern for them is winning a title no matter what, if they're one through four. But if you're the one seed going into the playoffs, that just instills a different type of confidence and mentality into that team. And I know that they have had that over the past two months, but having the one seed and having that home court, even if you maybe get to the finals, that is huge. And I know that a lot of is made about the Clippers fans and the home court advantage that they have, but it is a real thing. Yeah. And this year, if, if the Clippers were 10 and 10 at home, I would say, okay, fine. I agree. Yeah. But they are like 19 and four or something like that at home. That is a huge advantage for them. And I think that. I don't think they're trying to get the one seed. They're just trying to win every game possible. No. But having the one seed is a very big deal. It's huge. Um, wanted to finally, before uh, we close out the first segment, get, get your thoughts on the All-Star game. I do like the fact that it's West versus East. No no shade on uh, Team LeBron and Team Giannis, by the way. like Those are two uh, top two guys still. But again, LeBron and Anthony Davis, Kawhi and Paul George are there. Real quick before we close out, 
Shea Gilgis Alexander will be starting in this game, and you remember him when he was with the Clippers. Oh yeah. Um, your thoughts? I mean, again, I mean, what's the connection there? I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming Clippers fans are still happy to see him succeed, right? Yeah, you know what it is, Arash. I think Clipper fans are just hurt because yeah. yes, you got Paul George, but it just hurts so much sometimes to see him do so well, knowing that he could be doing it in a Clipper uniform. Yeah. Um, and obviously, fans love Paul George. Paul George is very loved by Clipper fans, and they are very glad to have him. But seeing Shea Gilgis Alexander do this, it, it it just goes to show like Clipper fans knew this was happening, which mm-hmm. is why it hurts so much, right? So to see SGA starting. I knew it would happen. I just saw it from his rookie year when they went and played the Warriors in the first round and took them to six with him and Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams. What a great series that was. I knew it from then. So that's why it hurts a lot. But the fans still still do love Paul George a lot. Yeah. So I, I think that you know th- this seeing him in the All-Star starters, that's awesome. I always wish for success for SGA. And I know Clipper fans do too. Um, but yeah, it does hurt a <laughs> sometimes to see him in another uniform doing this. Cause if Kawhi would have said, Hey, we have enough with SGA and myself and we don't yeah, need Paul George, it could have been, you know, who knows? Crazy. Ah, uh, but I mean, listen, as I told you before, if this Clippers team finds a way to win a title, no one will care. No one, I mean, like they'll, right. they'll, they'll still talk about that trade, but it will all be worth it. So we'll see. How that ends up. All right, let's leave it there for now. Uh, when we come, when we come back, we get a new, uh, Friday tradition here, uh, Fusco Friday. So we'll, uh, we'll welcome in those two crazy guys when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN radio time there's nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. It's now time for a regular Friday feature, speaking of a Friday tradition, the Paulie and Tony Fusco show. That's right. Paulie and Tony are two Philly guys who claim to be sports radio legends, even though they have absolutely the worst takes. And they truly mean that the worst takes. If you want to hear more from them, and I don't know why you would, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco show on iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts uh, this week, the guys once again did it. And I don't know how people want to go on the show with these two, but Joy Taylor, the lovely, the amazing Joy Taylor, subjects herself to these two guys. But uh, listen, they're always fun to listen to. So 
I'm going to, I'm going to regret this, but once again, it's become a tradition. You guys want it. It's become a thing now. Fusco Fridays. Here we go. I'm going to regret it once again. Take it away, Polly and Tony. As you all know, we have a duty and responsibility on this show, and that is to provide the truth. You That's know? why you come to us. People say that in order to prove a conspiracy, well, you need to provide evidence. But as we always remind people, what makes a conspiracy is the lack of evidence. Isn't that right, Tony? Totally. In fact, the less evidence there is, the more proof that people are out there trying to cover it up. So when we present all these facts to you and coaches and players and NFL veteran insiders tell you it's all wrong and total lies, that's when you'll know it's all true. So well said, Tony. And, you know, a lot of these conspiracy theories sprung up this year when some very sharp people noticed that the Super Bowl logo included the colors red and purple, which signaled that the 49ers would play the Ravens in the Super Bowl because those are the team colors. And and then midway through the Lions 49ers game, you know, people pointed out that red and blue makes purple. So there you go. But, you know, all these people, while being very smart and observant, they were missing the real conspiracy that was staring them right in the face. Weren't they, Tony? They're looking at the wrong part of the logo. It's not the colors. It's those letters and numbers. L-V. That stands for Las Vegas. They somehow knew the Super Bowl would be in Las Vegas. And those three ones? Well, how many Super Bowls will Mahomes win if he wins this one? Three. Three. They're telling you right there, clear as day, the Chiefs are going to win. Wow, just absolutely mind-blowing, Tony. Yep. And that's just the top of the iceberg. Exactly. And, you know, people, they're wondering why the Chiefs keep making the Super Bowl even though they suck. They suck. Well, we all know why this is. It's clear as day. The NFL's continued anti-Philadelphia bias. You know, after the 2017 Super Bowl, as we all know, when Nick Foles bravely refused to follow the NFL script he was handed by the scriptwriters and decided to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. Well, the NFL then made a concerted effort to punish the Eagles. And they knew the best way to do that was to help that talentless loser, Andy Reid, finally win Super Bowls. But uh, that's not all they did, right, Tony? You see, this was all part of the NFL's woke agenda. Look at the year the Redskins changed their name. 2019. Yep. Now look at what year the Chiefs started winning Super Bowls. 2019. 2019. Yep. Exactly. This clearly proves that the NFL decided to appease the Native American communities by having the Chiefs win Super Bowls and help build back their proud heritage, which had been damaged by the Chiefs sucking for so many years. Just terrific research there, Tony. And there's more to this, isn't there? Yeah. People think the 49ers is a reference to 1849 and the gold rush, but that's wrong. It's about the year 1549, when Native Americans still ruled this land. So now we have an all-Native American Super Bowl, just as the NFL secretly planned it. 
just stunning insight there, Tony. And there's more here. You Thank know, on the you. trusted news network, OAN, on-air personality Alison Steinberg made headlines, which yes, she asserted, and quite rightly, that yep. Taylor Swift is a psyop or psychological operative working yep. for the Biden administration. And she is using the NFL wow. to try and mind control young people into voting for Biden. And Tony, wow. this makes a ton of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, like most people, I'd never heard of Taylor Swift before she started using Travis Kelsey to get national airtime. Me neither. But I've dug into this and found that she's actually considered a global music star. Huh. Yeah, exactly. And apparently, she's won Grammys and had a bunch of number one hits what? in about 50 or 60 different countries. Huh. But again, like most people, I never heard of her until she started showing up in cutaways during NFL games. Yeah. So clearly, she's blatantly using the NFL to access an audience that she pathetically couldn't reach on her own. Just such a clearly obvious and shameful move by her and totally. her team of political operatives. Yep. And uh, by the way, on that note, you know how we all know the deep state is using its mind control on all of us. Well, yeah, they there are. is no deeper state than Kansas. I mean, just oh. look at a map. It's deep in the middle of everything, you know, yep. nowhere near a coastline, which yep. makes it very suspicious. Yup, and hard to get to. Exactly. That's where they can go hide. You yep. know, but you know, what's also suspicious here, Tony, is this whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey relationship. Makes you know, no sense. People are saying that it seems more real now than it did because they kissed after the AFC championship oh, game. But Tony, we analyzed the film. Sure, Taylor and Travis kissed, but there was clearly no tongue. And that makes all the difference there, doesn't it? We all know a relationship isn't real until you see tongue. Yep. If you want a little peck on the lips, you can get that from your mother, your sister, your aunt. But yep. they can't give you tongue because that would be weird and gross. Great point. Thank you. You know, this just reminds me of back in 2000. I don't want to get all political, but a lot of idiots out there doubted if Al and Tipper Gore were in a real relationship. But then good old Al slipped his some tongue and immediately put all doubts to rest. Just such great perspective there, Tony. And well, there you have it. Thank that you. concludes our special report. Just terrific journalism there by us. Yep. And on that note, uh, just one more truth that we have to uncover and report on. You know, many people in the football world, they're wondering why Bill Belichick has not been hired. You know, yep. they say there's no logical explanation why a great coach oh, like there him is. can't get a job. Yeah, exactly. Tony, the answer is literally staring them in the face, isn't it? Yup. The fact that people won't give a reason for not hiring Bill Belichick just proves there could only be one explanation. He has horrible old man breath. Yep. You know how old men have terrible breath and you can't get anywhere near them because their mouth smells like rotten cheese mixed with piss, yep. but nobody wants to say anything? Yep. That's clearly what's going on here. If I were Bill Belichick, I would go see a dental hygienist or carry Tic Tacs or Altoids, and that would immediately solve the problem. Great analysis, Tony. You know, the same thing happened with uh, Tom Coughlin in New yeah, York. Yeah, you know, it, it made did. no sense why they'd fire a two-time Super Bowl winner coach out of nowhere, which means exactly. it must have been his old man breath, you know? Yep. Instead of having to go through, you know, the awkward conversation of having to suggest he see a dentist or use some mints, they just thought it would be easier to fire.
fire him, you know? Yup. And that's why Pete Carroll is so smart. Yep. You always see him chewing gum on the sidelines. Yep. So don't be surprised if Pete Carroll gets hired soon, thanks to his minty fresh breath. Great analysis, Tony, and well, uh, it's time to Thank continue you. our special report and uh, bring our guest on the Fusco Satellite Network. Fusco Satellite Network. All right. She's the co-host of Speak on FS1. And, you know, she's become one of the more widely known and popular faces in all of sports media. You know, again, not nearly in the same ballpark as us, you know, no. but then again, who is? Anyway, uh, to help us continue our special report on the serious allegations that the NFL is rigged, which are all clearly true. Yep. Joy Taylor, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me again, guys. That's a that's a pretty extreme opinion. I have seen it circulated. Exactly. We're uncovering the truth today. We are independent media personalities, you know, so we don't have to kowtow to the massive no. corporate entities. So we want to know what it's like for you to work at a media company like Fox, you know, a partner of the NFL. At what point in the year did they tell you that the Chiefs and 49ers would make the Super Bowl? Was that in August or before that? When did the NFL come to you? I mean, guys, the... The Chiefs have one of the best players in the history of the game and Patrick Mahomes and one of the best coaches in Andy Reid. And Kyle Shanahan has been to the Super Bowl several times as a head coach now and, and also as a coordinator. Uh, the Niners have one of the top. You, you know, you just sound like another ma- mains. Yeah, exactly what the mainstream media would say. You just. Yeah. Aren't you just lying to cover the truth? Yeah. I mean, if I knew that, then why would I have picked the Eagles to be in the Super Bowl this year? Because I picked the Eagles well, and Bills. You're an Eagles fan, which is understandable, but you want to throw everybody off the scent. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. You're a plant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I would love to be a plant. It would be much less work for me, you know. But unfortunately, I hate to spoil it, the NFL is not rigged. But how do you know? See, we we want you to provide the proof. The burden of proof is on you to prove that. Tell us. Where's the evidence? Well, I mean, what's the benefit? I can see, like, if people wanted to wander down the wormhole with, you know, seeing Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl, because, you know, we do know she has brought a lot of revenue to the NFL. But what's the benefit of the Niners being there? Well, you know, that's what we're trying to figure out, too, because we think yeah. the script writers, the script writers just went too far this year. You know, making the last pick in the NFL draft, have him make the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's not Don't believable. you think the writers just, you know, going a, concocting a little too far-fetched of a story this year? You know, I, I would love to get there with you, but unfortunately, I am a busy person, so conspiracy theories don't take up a whole lot of my day. Oh. Um, I also think that, like the Lions Ravens would have been more interesting for everybody. It's like the, you know, Lamar Jackson's first Super Bowl, Detroit's first Super Bowl. Like that would have we, been a more. Yeah, we agree. Idea. The right is messed totally up. Totally agree with you. Yeah. You know, it looked like John Harbaugh didn't know a single play the Chiefs were running. Yeah. Don't you think he made a mistake by not asking his brother Jim for cheating and spying advice? <laughs> um, I think that Lamar Jackson, uh, he didn't really play like himself. I feel like he got out of his style of play. There was there was a lot of talk. Not the question. About, you know, Stop him, dodging him the ball yeah. and his MVP this year, and the you know 
trying to match up with Patrick Mahomes. And I feel like he, he didn't take opportunities in that game that he normally takes. It's he the had NFL some who took spaces. the opportunity to once again help the Chiefs. And it, that's for a reason. Yep. There is an anti-Philadelphia Eagles bias yeah, exactly. in the NFL. You know, like last year we saw it when they were robbed of a Super Bowl, which they yep. clearly won. Don't you think that the NFL is helping that talentless loser of a coach, Andy Reid, finally win Super Bowls in order to punish the Eagles? She's mind blown, Tony. Andy yeah. is one of the. I, I'm just. I'm trying to figure out how the Eagles struggling all season long. Jalen Hurts being probably injured. Their defense taking an incredible step back. Terrific the receivers writing. Receivers getting injured. Writing. Like all, they they wrote in the injuries. I don't know. I listen. I I'm disappointed in the Eagles season. Uh, just like everyone else in Philadelphia, I feel you. Um, I think if the Eagles would have been better, then maybe I could go down this rabbit hole with you. But the Eagles, let's be honest, it wasn't the Eagles year. It was not the Eagles year. They didn't they didn't deserve to be there. Are you looking down um, because the script is below you right now? Is that yes, I'm why reading, you keep looking I'm reading down? Because yeah. we can get you cue cards if that it was a, they, There was a good script. I mean, it was like the Eagles were like in Rocky 3 where Rocky won like 10 fights in a row. And then all of a sudden he just got his ass kicked by Club Lang. Right. Yeah. Let me get this straight. Do you guys not like Andy Reid in Philly? No, he didn't win anything for he, us he in Philly. His best plays, obviously, for Kansas City. He, he <laughs> yeah, he didn't use his best plays with us. Right. He saved them. Right. So what do you got? What are you going to do with Sirianni? Are you, are you keeping She's him because deflecting of the, right now, you know, Paul. You're, just you're trying deflecting. to change the topic. Let us yeah. produce the show here. You know, okay. again, right. this is what the mainstream media does, people. It's yep. called distraction. Yep. Hey, look, let me give it you didn't. one more undeniable fact here. Listen to this, Joy. 2019. Remember 2019? That was the year Washington changed its name from Redskins, right? Also mm-hmm. in 2019, the Chiefs. The Chiefs suddenly start winning Super Bowls. Don't you think this is all clearly more moves by the NFL to appease the Native American community? I'm going to send you guys some suggestions for like some some social clubs, maybe like pottery or you could try spin classes or something. I'm no, super. You're in the bodies. spin class. Yeah, you work yeah. in spin zone. You're over in the here. spin zone. Yeah. Maybe a healthier use of your time. No. Okay. Well, or, you know, we could just pay attention to the fact that the Eagles just weren't that good this year. And, and you keep going back to that. Okay, okay. You know, they, they you, you still unstuck on the same page of your script? Maybe, yeah. maybe flip let's the page. Let's turn the page. Let's four. actually, let's turn okay. back the page a little Look. bit, you know, because we want to talk a little bit about your brother, Hall of yeah. Famer, Jason Taylor, played in yep. the NFL for a very long time. Did he call you very upset, like every August when he got the season script and once again saw that the Dolphins weren't going to make the Super Bowl? Great question. It, it, it affected our relationship deeply that uh, he go. was always stressed out about the script no uh there is no there is no script there is no nfl script i can't i can't stress this enough that there is no nfl script you are doing a terrific job yeah as you're a doing very good media very yeah. convincing okay yep. look you did bring up taylor swift right yep. okay you know people out there they're saying that the relationship with travis kelsey you know that it seems real now, because mm-hmm. she kissed Travis Kelsey on the field, but we analyzed the film. There was clearly oh. no tongue. Yep. Don't you agree that we can't consider this a real relationship until we see tongue? 
So you could analyze the film of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's mouth exchange, but you didn't watch any of the film of the Eagles defense this year. There's, you're in the spin zone, Joy. You're in the spin cycle yeah, trying to distract, trying to produce the show. To yeah, stay you on should topic. be in Washington, D.C. Tongue. Yeah, that's what we focus. I as someone who is not super into public affection. Oh. You would you would watch film of me and a significant other and never see tongue. So I I can't say that I agree with this philosophy. Interesting insight there, Joy. Very interesting. And you know, I happen to agree with you there. We yeah. can find some okay, common fair ground. point. Yeah. Fair point. We can agree that, that tonguing each other down in public is like a little. You know, I'd still like to see it for journalistic purposes, yeah. but okay. Yeah. You know, just quickly, Joy. You know, a lot of people, they're wondering why Bill Belichick has not been hired. And since nobody's giving a reason, that can clearly mean there can only be one reason. Tony, tell her that reason. He has old man breath. Yep. You know how people, their breath is horrible, old men, and it smells like, you know, two-week-old sushi that was left in an open fridge? You know, maybe that's what's going on here. That seems to be what's going on here with Bill Belichick. Nobody just wants to tell him his breath stinks. Two-week-old sushi? Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I, 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 I date older men, so. Oh, all right. I suppose, Go on, I, I suppose please. I'm used to old man breath. Um, oh. no, uh, I know that one, that would get you guys. No uh, wonder you don't use tongue. No. <laughs> I, um, I think Bill Belichick has, has not updated how he views football and the game has changed and kind of gotten away from him. Uh, But, and dental hygiene, stay on subject here. I don't know. I don't know anything about Bill Belichick's breath. Look at Pete Carroll. You know, Pete Pete Carroll's chewing gum all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Now Pete Carroll definitely does not because he goes through a pack of gum probably every quarter. Yup. So um, we we know for a fact that that's not that's not a problem with Pete Carroll. That is good investigative work by you. Well, but I, I cannot speak to the legitimacy of Bill Belichick's breath. Oh, I well, do think that people okay, don't well, risk uh, bringing in an older coach that hasn't. Uh, hasn't well, as you, but hold on. You just said that you are an expert in dealing with older men. So don't I, I wouldn't think- say expert, but you know. Well, okay. By the way, how old are we talking here? Is this like, you know, you know, you're cruising the old folks home? Is that what's like going 75? On? No, I, haven't, I haven't dated it. I mean, that, that's, that's that much older than me in a long time. Okay. Yeah. Because of the breath. So maybe, yes. Because of the, no, not yeah, because if, of the breath. If, if a 70 year old did, you know, have some altoids with him, would you consider him to, as a oh, dating depends. partner? It depends. All right, that was Pauly and Tony Fusco. That's right, the uh, Pauly and Tony Fusco show. Again, each and every week, these guys get who's who from the media world. They had uh, Jason Whitlock recently talking about his feud with Stephen A. Smith. They had Ryan Field uh, talking about the uh, Detroit Lions. And this week, the amazingly talented Joy Taylor from Fox, Fox Sports. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. They fooled me to come on the show one time with those guys. But uh, listen, week in and week out, uh, those guys bring the heat. Uh, Fusco Friday. Again, hashtag Fusco Friday. It's become a thing here. Um, all right. Thank you, Paulie and Tony, once again. All right, folks. Uh, 
Can't wait for this weekend. One more weekend, and then we'll, we'll be out in Las Vegas next week for the Super Bowl. So the next time you hear from us, we'll be on the Super Bowl Radio Rome. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday when we'll be at Super Bowl Radio Rome. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.